relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Why do I do long-form interviews? Well, because there are lots of very interesting, intelligent people out there. Don't get me wrong, live radio with breaking news and seven, eight-minute segments is all well and good and very important, especially in a news cycle the likes of which we've been living in since President Trump arrived on the scene. But there are issues that deserve a more methodical examination, and that's why we do the third hour. That's why we do one-on-one, and today... I caught one. I've been trying to reel him in, I think, for a year now. My son introduced me to him first. He's probably one of the most intellectually exciting, I hate the phrase, content providers out there today, despite the vapidity of social media, YouTube included. His site, What If Alt Hist, what if alternative history? If you're not subscribed to it, I promise you, you are having not as intellectually exciting a life as you could. And that's why I, as host of America First, I'm very excited to get Radyard Lynch on the show today. Radyard, welcome to America First one-on-one. Sebastian, you flatter me beyond recognition, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm just glad that uh, after I approached you, I think it was about a year ago, to come on the show, you said, no, 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 I, I don't do interviews. And then recently I saw a friend of mine interview you, and I said, aha, he has come out from behind the curtain, the wizard of what if Alt Hist is prepared to do interviews. So we're super excited. Um, I want to talk about you and your background, but let's save that for later. First, I'm just going to start with the big question up uh, front. You analyze civilization. You analyze the difference between civilizations, and you talk about the truth of what the West is. One of your most recent videos is superb, which puts a juxtaposition between the West and modernity and explains the tension between them. We'll get to all of that I will geek out together but first if you had a crystal ball given everything you know and have read give me a prognosis give me um, a probability out of a hundred concerning the imminent demise of the west does the west exist today and if it does in any meaningful sense is it long for this world Rudyard What I say is that when you do civilizational analysis, the boundaries you create in some ways are arbitrary, where you could say Latin America is part of Western civilization. You could say Japan and China are the same civilization. But that doesn't stop there from being fundamentally important differences. Western civilization is clearly not Islam or India. And the video that Sebastian's talking about that I just released I claim modernity is a different civilization from the modern West. And what I mean by that is if you look – 
there's about 10 different things you can measure a civilization by. It's religion, it's architecture, the ethnicity of the people involved, it's legal code. And what I generally found is that there have been enough changes over the last century to warrant the creation of a new civilization rather than the West. And this has been masked and we've never really thought about it clearly as a society where if you look at our, I'd compare California to let's say Poland. Poland is part of old Western civilization in Europe and California. They're redesigning the legal code. They are trying to get rid of English as the language. It's um, a post-Christian society. The architecture is completely different. Um, and across all those different metrics, you've seen something new develop. And I frankly do think the West will survive because if you, I took an hour to explain this in the video, so I can't do it all right now. But as I analyzed this, what I found is that modern civilization is based upon fundamentally short-term assumptions that don't have any fun that don't have any real rooting into the world and so i've seen it effectively i see it effectively burning out and that's something i can explain in more detail if you'd like but i think the west will still be here centuries from now it went up a week ago it's one of your longer videos i i warmly recommend every single listener or three and a half million of you who are tuned in right now after the show to go to youtube and plug in what if alt hist and the video entitled understanding modern civilization let's just you know walk around it let's tease it out a little bit. You mentioned Poland. Now, my parents originally, my family was originally from Poland. My parents were Hungarian who'd escaped, the family had escaped Poland in 1848 and ended up in Hungary. And, and one of the things about Poland, shockingly during a communist dictatorship, it was one of the nations that resisted and culturally maintained its identity more than any other. You look at Ember Hodges, Albania. You look at Romania under Ceausescu, even Hungary under goulash communism. And one of the differentials, clearly in the case of Poland, is the strength of the Catholic Church that never bowed to the communist state in entirety, despite a great deal of, of pressure to do so in, case, in actual murder of priests for political purposes. You mentioned the word Christian. Is that the yardstick that separates California from Poland? Is it the the loss of the historic Christian values that is the the best indicator of of those parts of the West that have fallen by the wayside? The short answer is yes. Um, where. I could make a complicated argument where Ethiopia or Russian, Russia are Christian, but they're not part of the West. But as it exists in our civilization, the decline of Christian values is the thing that translates from Western to modern civilization. And one of the things I, I really do dislike about the modern way we write history is we treat cultural factors and, and religion as if they have no value. But the reality is religion is one of the most important factors of how a society operates. And so when you pull religion out, you pull out all the assumptions attached to it. You pull out the entire culture and the entire civilization. And so with the decline of Christianity, we've seen the West transform into something that bears very little resemblance to what it did before. And just as a couple examples, 
once you remove the idea of the dignity of the human soul, yeah. you allow mass atrocities like the Nazis or the communists. Once you remove the idea of truth, then ideologues seize control of the academy, whether with the Nazis, communists, or wokes. And so once you've removed this Christian framework, the entire society changes. So let, let's, uh, when you say this fascinating answer, that you're optimistic because it seems as if there could be a new civilization. Is it a new civilization or is it a, a, a recrudescence, a rebirth of, uh, of the West informed by Christianity? What are you positing in, in an optimistic view of the future for the West? You're really asking great questions. Most of the interviews I go on don't go this deep, if I'm honest. Uh, these are the kind of questions I like to answer. I think that the West will con when I say new civilization, I'm talking about modernity. And I think modernity is fundamentally short term. And the reason I say that is that it's based upon assumptions that can't exist in the long term. For modern civilization, as an example, they always need to have progress and always need to change. There's no reflection upon why we need to study history or why we need to have shared values and any of that stuff. And so because of that, modernity shoots itself in the foot because it can't think clearly about the world. And there was an author named Oswald Spengler who wrote around 100 years ago, and he predicted a lot of really good – he predicted a lot of brilliant stuff. He said – Around the year, and again, he was writing this in World War One. he said around the year 2000, so 100 years later, the West would be suffering through a period of nihilism and Caesarism, and that's basically our reality. Yeah. But then with Spengler's historic cycles, what he said is that at the end, the society reverts back to a new religiosity. And so he predicted by 2100 that America, uh, the West would be a fundamentally orthodox Christian civilization again. And... I do think that we'll see a major resurgence of Christianity over the next century for a couple different reasons, one of which is the birth rate. One of my friends jokes it's impossible to get an ur urban atheist to have a grandkid. And so religious people are the only educated people who have kids. Secondly, the serious issues our society has around moral degeneracy, around um, collapsing social trust, around um, – our society is just nihilistic and has no way in the world. And these are issues that over history are only solved by religion. And so I don't see a way we don't have a religious resurgence over the next century, if I'm being honest. And most people just look at the 20th century when they want to understand history. But if you look over the entire direction of human history, you find that Basically, every single society in history is religious. And the 20th century is a bar bizarre exception because it was such a ridiculously wealthy and prosperous and growing society that for a couple of generations, people could believe that they didn't need God. But if you look back across the entire previous part of history, religion was seen as the fundamental building block of every society in the world. Right. Right, right. I'm adding question upon question. My list is getting longer and longer for Rudyard, so uh, I'm enjoying this immensely. Uh, if you enjoy our long-form discussion with great, true experts like Rudyard, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whichever platform you prefer. Just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorker, America First. Leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. 
Greetings, this is Dr. Sebastian Gorka from the Midas Gold Group War Room. The MAGA veterans at Midas point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank, while the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. It belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do. A controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. A literal digital concentration camp replete with social sanctions. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call and look into the opportunities that gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call veteran-owned Midas Gold Group today, 855-322-GOLD, or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 855-322-GOLD, or just go to MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful, Midas Gold Group, MAGA and proud of it. If three hours of radio every day is not enough, why not join us for our July 4th Alaska Patriots cruise? We're going to be sailing June 29th to July 6th to what is probably the most beautiful, most beautiful state of the union with you, our dear, dear listeners. If you missed especially our trip to the Holy Land a year ago, we took 350 of our listeners, then join us for this celebration of Alaska, of natural beauty, God's creation. We will get to know each other, patriots all, and discuss what it will take to wrest back our republic from those who wish to destroy it. Register today. I've never been to Alaska. I've never been on a cruise. I'm so excited. Join me, Katie, and our Salem team. Go to sebgorka.com and click on the Patriots Alaska Cruise banner. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and the Patriots Alaska Cruise banner. Now, I hate the phrase devil's advocate, and, and I'm not deliberately doing this to you know just test you but what you said about the inevitability of a new civilization or a revivification of christian values in the west well because everything's so nihilistic and young kids aren't having babies okay so why can't that rot just get worse and worse and worse for centuries why does it necessitate a positive rebirth and and because you write and and produce so many fascinating videos on war and conflict it is my contention and maybe it's because i've been doing national security for 30 years that the history of mankind is the history of war let me put this to you that rebirth and that rediscovery of the west's real values is hard to posit without a, a sizable war. One of your Agreed. recent videos was about would the U.S. win a, a war with Iran? Everybody watch that as well. Let me put it to you. That rebirth may necessitate something as horrific as the World War One, which actually brought upon us the nihilism of the last hundred years. What do you think of that scenario? Okay. Um... My take is that, and actually let me backtrack a little bit, where the number one mistake people make when they try to predict the future is they project what happened over their lifetime for another lifetime. And the reality is that that never happens. And a great example of it was in the 60s, I saw that I saw this uh, poster from the 60s, Soviet cities on the moon. And that was a reasonable (laughs) estimation because if you were in 1960, The things that happened before you were the growth of Russian power and the advancement in aeronautical space technology. But 
those were things that stopped right then. And the thing that's much, much more likely is that the next generation is a reaction to the one before it. And history and the natural order and countries are living things. A nation is a group of people with emotions who react to the environment. And so you have all of these natural feedback loops in the ecosystem that is global politics. And nihilism can't keep going because we're burning through it so fast yeah. that we're going to remove the previous. A society goes in a certain direction, things get too bad, and the pendulum swings back. And as of now, no industrialized country has a sustainable birth rate. Um, you're seeing mass you're seeing declines in every single metric of, um, I just call it civilization. You see rising crime, you see breakdown in social mores, you see um, marriages collapsing, you see loss of faith in nations. Every single social bond that other eras would have used to hold themselves together is dying now. But the problem there is that that can't go on for another 10 years. We're already so close to degeneracy that we're just, if we go for another 10 years, we can't survive as a society. And, but the good news is that over the generations, as we continue to see these problems, there will be a selection pressure towards people who don't have those traits. Mm -hmm. And so as an example, religious people are one of the very, very few who have children. And so- right. What will inevitably happen is religious people have children, they build strong societies who hold each other together, then their children have more children, then their children have more children. And what you've effectively done, and a point I like to throw out is that over history, cities have never had sustainable populations where um, over no period in history, even the Romans, the Greeks, ancient times have cities been able to sustain themselves. And so your society's demographics are basically the rural population, where rural populations are the only ones that are able to replicate themselves and are the only ones that are able to replicate themselves. And so that's going to be the demographic future with rural religious people. My researcher did a project on this where he researched what factors do you need to have a sustainable birth rate. And it's basically you need a rural religious population. Those will replicate. And then in 70 years, you'll see a demographic compounding effect where they're the entire most of the population. And this is what you've seen over history. It's why over history, rural religious people are the vast, vast majority of the human race. And you, you said a lot of good points, Sebastian. So it's taking me a second to go through all That's of fine. them. That's fine. But, but do you think the, war, war is, is a likely catalyst yes. or precipitator? I was getting to there. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look over history, you find that over a single lifetime, you can bet on peace. But then over 100 years, there's no chance your country will have peace over 100 years. And I like what, what you said is apt, that the history of the world is the history of war. And... Today, we have such a profound amnesia and amnesia and um, just forgetting as a society where we don't look at the historic precedent at all. Yeah. And so because of that, we say silly things because we don't have the wisdom to know what's going on. And our society, the fundamental ideal of modernity is that we're special. None of the lessons of history matter. But that's mad. And so I, I think we're definitely going to have a war. Because the current elite and social structure we have is so entrenched that 
that it has to reset in the same manner World War I or the Napoleonic Wars reset Europe, or each new age. I'm actually developing a theory of history that you have 100-year ages over the modern world, and each one is bisected by a war. And so because of that, I definitely think we're going to have a major war, and that this major war will set into effect the cultural patterns I talk about. A theory of history. That sounds like a superb idea for a book. I've been needling him for months uh, ever since my son introduced me to Rudyard. I think a book would be a superb idea. In your latest video, and one of the nicest things about your videos, you're not even on the screen. You have superb visuals. You intersperse them with, you know, text, actors, footnotes. We've got a fascinating map of what modernity is or how limited the scope of modernity is. Then you have uh, your your uh, chart of what progressives uh, posit or is the the evolution of progressivism uh, of course all of it fallacious one line in your latest video that i loved is you said we have the worst elite in history now um, i've always said we are in this perverse age where never seen before really where our elites hate the civilization of which they are the elite that that is unsustainable is it not rudyard yeah that's a great question and i said we have one of the worst elites. One, yes there is sorry you said one of the worst the, yes uh, i mean like you there are ways where the roman slave owners or the medieval nobility or whatever or i'd put stalin's russia ahead of us right now um but the reason I say that, and I want to backtrack this, with every era has a bias towards their era of history as they study it. And that's because we have to live in our time period. So we make up stories that justify the having to deal with the lives that we do. And we actually live in a pretty tyrannical society, but we don't think about it. And petty regulations is a great example. In in some neighborhoods, you you have to get the, the, the zoning board to approve your interior decoration. You have to get the zoning board to um, approve the fly screen on your back porch. <laughs> your kids go to school for many, many hours a day where they basically have no liberty. We work in giant companies where we're cogs in the machine. And so on an individual basis, we're a remarkably unfree period in history, even if 300 years ago – you had a monarch, but you control the affairs inside your own village or inside your own household. Right. And there are several ways in which our elite is not good or very bad. One is, as you said, they are completely divided from the population. I say in the video that our world has an elite who are fundamentally a different religion and a different entire civilization from their subjects. And so what that means is that they view the majority populations of the countries that are under them with complete contempt. Yes. Where in America, and this is also true of China and Europe, the values and the things that the population care about are seen as moral bads to the elite. And so because of that, there's it's not that they they are both unaware of our interests and they don't care and they hate them. And so that's a remarkably unresponsive population. And I think due to the wealth of the post-war period, we live in what I'm, I call the – we live in an upside-down world where everything is the opposite of what it should be. And the elites are trying to break all of the social codes in order to basically tame the population and completely dominate them. This is why they're trying to destroy the culture, trying to destroy the religion, trying to destroy 
all of these different things, they're bringing millions of immigrants to replace to replace the indigenous population. And, and, and we have things like the World Economic Forum actually openly exactly. saying, you will own nothing and you will enjoy it. We're talking yeah. to Rudyard Lynch. He is the man behind the superb YouTube channel, What If Alt Hist. Follow him there and on Twitter as well. If you enjoy what we do for you here on America First, never miss anything we have to say. Follow me on social media. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Get a Telegram. You can watch us on your television, on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or on the Salem News Channel app. And for unique content by me and direct access to me, check out my Substack, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name as one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. Why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. We are only able to purvey to you this program because of the support of amazing people like Mike Lindell. Have you heard what Fox News did? They have canceled him. They've banned him, not as a guest, but as their biggest advertiser, because I guess he's too conservative. I guess he's too close to President Trump. Let's have his back. The inventor of MyPillow has more than 200 items on his website that are made in America by Americans for you. Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. Go right now to MyPillow. Treat yourself, treat your loved ones. Use my name for up to 66% off. And because of that Fox decision, Mike is going to cover the shipping. Even if you buy something huge like a mattress or 10 mattresses, he'll ship them for free because you are a viewer and a listener to America First. Call them up. Talk to a human being. 800-829-8468. MyPillow.com. Promo code G-O-R-K-A. We are back with What If Alt Hist, a man whose channel was introduced to me by my son, Paul. I am forever indebted. Anything that comes up on my feed from him, I watch because it is that Good. Um, When I found out how flipping young you are, I was shocked. Let's talk a little bit about Rudyard Lynch. Um, Who are you? Where did you come from? And most importantly, how many books are you reading at the same time? And how many books do you read in a year? Because you must you must simply, you know, touch the book to your forehead and absorb it osmotically, because I think you read more than anyone I know. Thank you. Um, so for some backstory, I'm 22 years old and I'm from an hour outside Philadelphia. And I um, I went to college for a single semester because I started my YouTube channel at age 13 when I was bored. And I just did it as a hobby. And what I did originally is alternate history. Like, what if the South won World War II and what if the Nazis won the Civil War? And with that sort of thing, I did it for seven years. And then I... I realized, I I view it almost now as if, um, 
how do I phrase this, as fan fiction for real history. And so I learned those skills, and now I apply it to the topics I do, like geopolitics, anthropology, history, philosophy, that sort of thing. And my channel took off in my first semester of college, so I dropped out. I lived as a digital nomad in a bunch of places where I lived in I lived in Mexico, lived in Peru, spent a couple months in California, spent a couple months in France. And so I lived in a bunch of places, and now I live in Texas. And to answer your question, I read about – I read 60 books this last year, and I read 80 books the year before. And um, so I do read a lot, and it's just something I love to do. I, I, it naturally gets me into the flow, and so when I'm bored and I don't know what I'm doing, I just read. It's like people – athletes talk about instinctively exercising, and that's what I do. Where, where did you get that from? Was it innate? Was it a teacher? Was it a relative? Because that is so incredibly rare today, especially for a 21-year-old to actually read a book. Thanks. Uh, both of my parents are very avid readers, um, but they never really pushed me to read. I just had books in the house. And um, when I was 11, I, I've had a couple of neurological breakthroughs like this. When I was 11, I looked – because I had never read a book before age 11. Then I looked at a book and I realized if I read every page here, I can do this. And I've continuously read ever since then, and it was just a decision – if I can do this, I can do this. And that's the kind of attitude I've had for life, where after the end of high school, I walked 600 miles in the Appalachian Trail by myself. And the reason, when I had to convince myself to do it, I thought, just put one foot in front of the other. And so much of life is like that. I I, I just did the channel. I, I, I just dropped out of school. And most things in life don't require that much thinking. You just have to actually put one foot in front of the other. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Does... In an age of social media and TikTok and pathetic book sales, uh, you are the oddity. You are the outlier. Does does knowledge have any value in our society today, Rudyard? Um, depends what you mean by value. If I'm being honest, for most guys my age, we are not a meritocratic society where most big comp I'm really glad I became a YouTuber because if you're a 22-year-old white man, it's very hired, hard to get hired irrespective of whatever you do in life. And that's something that's really horrible and I never imagined in our society. And I don't think as of now, knowledge is rewarded in our economy. What's rewarded is credentialism. Yeah. Um, but if you want to improve yourself as an individual, and fundamentally, 
your life is determined by who you transform yourself into an individual. You right. will wire your mind through so many habits um, that those habits become who you are. And I think knowledge is – it pays you back in understanding the world and not being fooled and being able to change yourself and in wisdom. And fundamentally, I believe that – the most important skill you can have in life is to be aware of who you are, what your surroundings are, and where you belong in the world. And then once you're sentient of that, you can actually re control your life and realize what you're doing. Wow. I think that's going to be a clip we're going to be putting on social media. We're talking to – he calls himself a content creator. I think we have to come up with something better than that. Rudyard Lynch, he is the man behind the What If Alt His channel. Follow him on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, friends, uh, did you know that the IRS is about to mail out millions of pay-up letters uh, with their 20,000 new agents? They're coming after you, especially if you're a conservative. Not the millionaires, not the billionaires. Why? Because they have the very highly paid tax lawyers. So what do you do? You contact Tech Tax Network USA, who have superb war room strategies to solve any IRS problems you may have quickly and in your favor. What do these strategies include? Well, like preferred client direct line access. This company knows which IRS agents to talk to who are friendly and which ones to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because these people have access to over a billion dollars worth of tax penalty write-offs. Yes, if you qualify. Find out today. Get your free confidential consultation by calling the amazing people at Tax Network USA on 8,000-245-6000. That's 8,000. Uh, sorry. 8,000. 800 245 6,000. 800 245 6,000. Or just go to tnusa.com slash Gorka. That's Tax Network USA. So tnusa.com slash G O R K A. Do it today before it's too late. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stomp out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Right, I am uh, desolate that we're almost out of time. A couple of big questions left for our special guest, uh, Rudyard Lynch. As one of my team members said, what a cool name. Who's called you Rudyard anymore? Excellent. That in, by itself is a, is a, a tick mark in the right direction. A question from my son who uh, introduced me to your uh, channel originally. It's not all about the West. It's not all about uh, us. It's also about the difference between civilizations. So 
uh, you've analyzed the cultural shifts and the different developmental tendencies of not just the West and America within the West, but also Russia and China. Watch those videos, guys. But for those who are listening right now, what do the trend lines you seek, especially demographically, what do they bode for the future between, for example, Russia, China, and America? Who has the best equations? And if there is going to be conflict, who between? I'm really glad you brought that up because the civilization videos are actually the ones that I'm most proud of. I think that's the videos where I put the most skill in. And of the people watching, I get the impression most of you would probably like my politics videos. But if you want to see the videos where I feel as if I put the most uh, knowledge and ideas into it's my playlist on civilizations where i've covered i covered 13 different civilizations and their strengths and weaknesses whether the mesopotamians the greeks and the romans the chinese southeast asia india russia and i really want to finish off the other civilizations but i actually think russia and china are much weaker countries than america and i think america will remain the world's dominant power for the next century and and because because fundamentally of that despite everything we've said about the elites the bicoastal elites the the vitality of rural america correct yeah definitely um and actually that's a great point to throw in because the biggest reason Russia and China are failing is that fundamentally their leftist elites gutted out their country. If right. you look at Russia or China, or Russia, Russia before the communists was wealthy, was wealthy, technologically advanced. It was a cultural powerhouse. It was militarily powerful. Seventy years later, it was none of that. China under Mao got gutted too. But if you compare Russia to America and America to Russia and China, what I find is that America leads in the biggest variables that determine national success. Ironically, we're younger than both countries. We have a stronger birth rate, and I think the birth rate's going to kill Russia and China. China's economy is absolutely horrible now. They have 50% youth unemployment. Um, Russia's economy is they're dependent on exports, and they don't really have a value-added economy. They don't, they're not really industrialized. Um, or they are industrialized, but don't make anything. And Russia and China are fundamentally low-trust players, which no one is incentivized to work with. Yeah. Both of those countries' only allies are poor dictatorships where they need cheap, cheap money to keep their unpopular governments in power. And I think due to all of these factors, China and Russia will have revolutions in the next couple of years. And when you look at... at- our civilization, is it fair to, to posit a connective tissue between America first and MAGA, Brexit in the UK, Maloney in Italy, and so on and so forth? I know it's derisively and pejoratively called populism, but, but it's really about national sovereignty, a reassertion of Westphalian concepts of, of the nation state. It, it can't be an accident that these things are happening almost concurrently across Western Europe. No, that, that's obvious to me. Um, and I don't know why populism is derisive, because 
I always assumed our society believed in the public. It believed in responsiveness to the democracy. And so the fact that people use populism as a negative word, that sounds like something King George would say. Well, and but if you're a member of the elite and if you look down on everybody else, then, then it becomes pejorative. Yeah, it's just ironic we've gotten here as a society. And yeah, they're all part of the same process because people realize that fundamentally – the elites don't have their best interests in mind. And so you've seen a rebellion against that. And it's a rebellion against elites in general, even vis-a-vis -vis the tr previous conservative establishment. And so it's all the same process of effectively trying to get a, get rid of modern civilization. And, and before we started the interview, we started we were talking uh, offline about the left, and and we we were in agreement that there's this strange paucity or weakness amongst them because they have no heavyweight intellectuals anymore. The, the Bertrand Russells, the Karl Marxes are long gone and they're dead. So it seems to be an ideologically homogenous hive, but without any creative big thinkers. Does that mean that they are condemned to an imminent collapse because they don't have the great minds? I think the left is going to lose. Um, I think they're going to get wiped out. And I say that for a couple reasons. What Sebastian said is accurate, where uh, before the call, before this interview, I compared it to imagine a war band wins a battle. They start feasting, they start drinking, and then they just – it's 2 a.m. They're all drunk. They're all – their bellies are full, and they can't fight anymore. <laughs> and the left has seized control of all the major institutions in society. And thus, because of that, they – they don't have to actually try. There are no major leftist intellectuals anymore. Um, the left is throwing away everyone reasonable from their faction. It's a right. big trend on YouTube or in politics in general to see people who used to be moderate left-wingers be part of the rights coalition, like Shoe on Head or Russell Brand or Joe Rogan. Yes. Because the left throws away reasonable people, and they're this fanatical cult that just keeps on eating their own members. And so reason one they're not going to survive is um, – They've grown decadent. Reason two, they can't think clearly due to losing intellectuals or free thinkers. Reason three is they're fundamentally nihilistic. The left wants to kill their own societies. Yeah. They don't believe in children. They don't believe in the nation. They don't believe in the continued survival of anything in the world. They don't believe in art. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in beauty. So they're nihilistic, reason three. Reason four is they can't incentivize anyone to fight for them. If there were to be a civil war, young men lean two to one conservative. Yeah. There is no reason for a young man to fight for the left because the left hates masculinity. And so they're incapable of doing that. And their value system is fundamentally, it's fundamentally lazy. They think standards are bad. They think hierarchy is bad. They think discipline is bad. They think, um, using force is bad. It's fundamentally, the modern left has three selection pressures. Those are femininity, conformity, and status seeking. That is, those are not strong traits. Yeah, it's funny that you mention. I'm a big fan, although it might shock my listeners, of, of June Lapine, who is uh, otherwise known as Shoe on Head, who's a leftist, but who's said the truth about transgenderism, for example, and has just excoriated his uh, persona non grata amongst the left. Uh, on the right, you can be an isolationist, you can be an interventionist, you can be a libertarian, and you can be part of the tent. However, and here I might gainsay myself, but I'm curious what you have to say. 
whilst there might be a dearth of intellectuals in the left for the last 40, 50 years, do we have greats amongst the right? Do we have big thinkers or are we having to resort to what was said by von Mises and by, you know, Churchill? And do we have to dig back and, and you know, revivify them? Do you see any, any big ideas on the conservative side? Um, I think we're a fundamentally non-intellectual society. I think in 2000 years, and people think of great thinkers of the 21st century, in 100 years, and people think, what were the great thinkers of the 2010s? They'll really struggle to find any. And this is one of my recent videos where I talk about our society's decline in intellectual standards and education. And so Jordan Peterson, I think he's a really strong thinker. Um, I think Balaji is a strong thinker, but he's he's libertarian, not right. I think there's there's a handful more, but we live in an era of profoundly very few new ideas yeah. where the ideas that my father grew up with 40 years ago are fundamentally the same political ideas, right. and wokeness isn't an idea. Wokeness is this vortex, this blob that thinks that doesn't actually think, and it's just constantly consuming. And so I, when I talk to right-wingers, and I'm a big person in right, I, I talk, I know a lot of people in right-wing worlds, you're right, they do go back to Mises, they do go back to um, Burke. And we just live in a profoundly uncreative society. Yeah. All right. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to this man, What If Alt Hist, on YouTube, and you can follow him on Twitter as well. I'm coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. Relief Factor, do you know somebody in your family? Is it you who is suffering from daily pain, has tried everything else, and failed to find relief? That was me for more than nine years, for almost a decade. I had a low back pain issue I couldn't get rid of. Then Relief Factor came to me. I got to choose my advertisers. I wasn't that keen and i said all right i'll give it a try two weeks later i was pain-free thanks to the anti-inflammatory ingredients of this incredible product that is liberating over a million americans right now five years later i'm still pain-free find out for yourself if you've tried everything else ask yourself a simple question what do you have to lose if the only answer to that question is the pain then you know what to do call right now 1-800-4-RELIEF and get your three-week quick starter pack or just go to relieffactor.com that's 1-800-4-7 Three relieffactor.com. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. All right. Um, I've got to ask you the question because I was saddened when I asked you a while ago whether you'd come on my show and you said, oh, I'm not 
quite ready. And then I saw you give an interview a couple of weeks ago, and I said, oh, something's changed. So let me ask you if I may a personal question. Why is Rudyard Lynch coming out from behind the curtain of What If Alt Hist? I'm, I'm a very young guy, and so... To be honest, a couple years ago, I just didn't want to make a decision because the way I see the world is you I I am probably going to make a mistake in my early 20s. And um, and, and so I was I was more cautious back then than I am now. But now I, I came to the decision that I should just go for this and life is short. Um, and I also just think the political climate's changed a lot over the last couple of years yeah. um, where I'm, I, I can be a coward. Um, no one gets canceled anymore. And that was a worry I had a couple of years ago. And um, I have grown more mature and more um, solid in my political beliefs since then. I love it. I think we have the title for this hour. Eric, note it down. It is going to be, I can't be a coward. I love it. Um, any last words of wisdom? You may be young, and you are, but you are one of the most sagacious young men I know. Any words of wisdom for the young men and maybe women who listen to my show, listen to your, watch your show on YouTube, who are trying to navigate? I think you're right. I think cancel culture is collapsing around us, but they're still trying to navigate their way. They're unsure of what Western civilization, uh, you know, it, its chances are. What advice do you give for young people who are finding their identity in today, today's West? What I would say is that our society is fundamentally trying to trick you and hurt you, where if you listen to the advice your society gives you, it's fundamentally advice that will hurt you. And that's everything from finances, dating, political identity. Um, and it's their best interests are not your best interests. And what I would say is you you should develop your own sense of personal agency and also a relationship with the divine. Because if you can have that rock of both of those, you are capable of being able to weather the really difficult and just crazy times we live in through being able to internalize your own sense of direction. <laughs> He's worried about making mistakes. I'm not so sure he should worry that much. If anyone at his age, what is it, 21 you are, Rudyard? 22. 22. If anyone at the age of 22 can give the advice that uh, make sure that you have your own sense of agency over your life and establishing your relationship to the divine, that could be Aristotle, could be Plato, or could be a, uh, a carpenter from the Middle East. Follow that man at WhatIfAltHist on YouTube and also on Twitter. I don't know about you guys, but that was a very exciting America First one-on-one. Whatever you're doing, please support 45, God willing, so he can become 47. Check out all the America First gear at SebGorkaStore.com. The latest is a very simple T-shirt. Donald Trump did nothing wrong. And then the one you guys inspired with the president in a very simple message, 2024 Retribution. You can support him directly at DonaldJTrump.com. You've been listening to America First one-on-one. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in and stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated. 
to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. The Democratic Party needs to change its name to the BPP, the Breaking Point Party, because in every facet of society now, we are at its breaking point, whether it is crime and and immigration, which is now meeting Mm -hmm. right there on the street, education, you know, division, foreign policy, every place there's unfettered progressivism, you end up with chaos. And that is a microcosm of chaos. You have order represented by the police and you have chaos represented by thugs. That, of course, is Greg Gutfeld reacting to the news out of New York. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Welcome to three hours of news analysis and the best guests in the business. Don't go anywhere. Two questions I'd like to raise as we open the show today. The first is, well, let's leverage the chief of patrol from the NYPD, the biggest police force in the nation, more than 36,000 people working to secure that city, who was reacting. I'm curious what the mayor thought what the governor thought, what Chuck Schumer, what Hakeem Jeffries, what the squad, and what Joe Biden thought when they heard these words, if they heard them, because I don't think they care much about police officers. But after two NYPD officers were brutally assaulted by a gang of illegal immigrants who were then, within a matter of hours released back onto the streets of New York as illegal immigrants, one of whom already had priors, who was already a known criminal. That didn't stop the authorities, the left-wing prosecutors, from letting him out onto the streets. What did the chief of patrol have to say? Let's have a little reality check, shall we? All right, so we all saw the video. Saturday afternoon about 4 o'clock, 42nd Street and 7th Avenue, a lieutenant and a police officer from Midtown South being directed towards the Soli group. As they clear, try to clear that group, you saw the video, reprehensible, cowards. You have eight people attacking a lieutenant and a cop, running up to them, trying to kick him in the face and kick him in their face. Four are arrested on the scene. 
One was arrested last night. The four that were arrested should be sitting in Rikers right now. On bail. Should be indicted this week and taken off our streets. You want to know why our cops are getting assaulted? There's no consequences. And we must change this. End of story. Those aren't kids. They're all grown men. And they're all illegals here in America because of Joe Biden. I've got a picture of one of them walking out of the police station. Uh, You can see the video of him with a smirk on his face in a Lakers T-shirt, raising a middle finger to the people photographing him, the reporters, just smirking because he got away with it. As we're preparing to start the show, another image was posted on Twitter with a great comparison. And that image shows that individual as an illegal and comparing that illegal to what a real immigrant is. This nation was built by immigrants, people who don't break the law the first time they step on the soil of the United States. I saw an incredible film last night, a pre-premiere premiere of a film about Italian immigrants to the United States called Cabrini, about a saint, the first American saint, who came here from Italy to give succor, aid, support, comfort to the illegal immigrants at the turn of the century. I mean, not this century, the prior one in New York. A woman who was canonized, beatified, declared a saint, who ministered to the orphans, the Italian families of Five Points in New York, people who are destitute, who are looked down upon by other immigrants, by the Irish, by those born in America, but immigrants who nevertheless were proud to be Americans, who didn't beat up police officers and then smirk and give a middle finger to anyone who asked them, what are you doing? So here's the first question. And it's a serious one, and it should be serious for anyone listening right now. The millions of you across the nation from California to Texas to Florida to North Dakota to South Dakota to Massachusetts, across the nation. What happens to a country when its police officers can be beaten up with no consequence? You may not have to love the police. You may have had a bad experience with them, with one bad cop. But what happens to a society where those who came here illegally can physically abuse those who run towards the gunfire for us, who are there to stop criminals, when those people are wantonly beaten up And the people who did it walk free. How long can that society survive? And what consequences will you and your family have to pay? And the second question comes from a very wealthy donor to the Trump campaign, a patriot who I was on a call with yesterday, who kind of made me stop and catch my breath as we were talking about illegal immigration. And he said, imagine being in the room 
three and a half years ago, when somebody told Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, what he was to do as the head of Homeland Security, whether it was Ambassador Rice or somebody else, who knows? But when Alejandro Mayorkas was told, open the borders and keep them open. That is the enemy. The person who did that, whether it was an Obama flunky, whether it was Merrick Garland, whether it was the head of the Domestic Policy Council, Obama himself, whoever it was. Do you understand what that person did and what he represents or she represents? Hey, Alejandro, open the borders to everyone, to people who will beat up police officers, rape children they traffic across the border, bring in enough fentanyl to kill everyone in this nation a hundred times over, smuggle in weapons, smuggle in terrorists. Somebody told a member of the Biden administration, open the borders and keep them open. That discussion, that moment in time that happened, should focus your mind and should define what you do in America for the next 10 months. Because we cannot survive as long as people with that mission and that absolute lack of any morality are in charge of your destiny. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We have a very special guest I've been trying to get on the show for almost three years now, in the third hour. He finally acquiesced. It's an amazing conversation. Don't miss it. Subscribe to the podcast, whichever platform you prefer. Leave us a maximal review. Share the links with your friends. And if you want a safe and prosperous America, check out all the Trump America First items at sebgorkastore.com and support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.